With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Warning, faith and goal programming has been known to enhance one's faith in Christianity. Side effects include, but are not limited to, prayer life increasing, a desire to crack open a Bible thanking God for beautiful days, having more confidence to say God bless, and an overly repetitive usage of the term hashtag faith. If consistent praying to God continues for 40 days and 40 nights, please contact the Holy Spirit. The host, Paul Allen, is a Christian. Paul Allen hadn't read the Holy Bible until four years ago. Paul Allen is not sure what denomination he is. PA believes his testimony took place four years ago when he learned Christ was God on earth. Paul Allen believes in the Holy Trinity and that all three are God. PA has spoken to churches around the country, prayed with jockeys before every race day at Canterbury Park and with Vikings players on the sideline before games. Paul Allen is an admitted sinner with a voracious appetite for the Bible and unpacking the metaphor. Paul Allen's approach to those who disagree with his hashtag faith direction in life and wholehearted belief in all that is taught with the Gospels is that of peace and a willingness to share why he believes utterly. Thanks for listening to Faith and Goal, which starts now. Faith and Goal. Here's the host of Faith and Goal, the voice of the Minnesota Vikings, Paul Allen. Second down and 12, Seattle at the Bears 32. Largen in motion. Fake for Largen. He is open. Diving catch to the two-yard line. 29-yard gain. What a grab by Steve Largen. Excellent as he goes in on the post and then back to the corner. He beat inside-outside coverage. Todd Bell and Frazier went back to the corner. And watch this. You talk about timing your leap perfectly. Steve Largen now 95 straight games that he has made a pass reception, and the Seahawks are down to the two-and-a-half yards. The great Steve Largent, a former Seattle Seahawks receiver, was named the first winner of the Bart Starr Award in 1989. The annual honor is awarded by Athletes in Action in cohesion with the National Football League for those meshing character on and off the field, integrity, performance, faith, and leadership. Minnesota Vikings quarterback Kirk Cousins accepted the award this year before Super Bowl 57, then spoke to thousands at the Athletes in Action Banquet, and uh, Kirk joins us now. Uh, Kirk, congratulations on the honor. What what does it mean to you being named the 2022 Bart Starr Award winner? Well, it's it's, it's a meaningful award because of what it represents and who it's named after. And uh, of all the you know awards I've been able to be a part of through the game of football, certainly team awards mean the most. But um, you know, as an individual award, it's probably the, the most meaningful one I've ever received, simply because of who it's named after and all that it represents for being a man of integrity and um, being a family man and having an impact on your community. Now, a um, significant part of the award, when you read up on it, is a testament to leadership. H- have there been those along the way who have questioned your leadership, maybe as a quarterback? And if so, how have you handled it? Well, sometimes I've probably been questioned and haven't, hasn't gotten back to me. I'm sure if you're in a leadership position of any significance, your leadership will be questioned. I would think that's pretty standard for anybody who's leading. Um, you know, most of the time it probably doesn't get back to me, but certainly on occasion it does. And, 
Um, you know, there's, there's a need to listen to the people who are in a position to judge. So if my head coach comes to me and says, hey, I think you need to lead better, I'm going to listen because that's my head coach. If it's somebody who's not in a position to judge, then sometimes it might not be the most constructive of criticism. So you do consider the source, but you also want to be coachable and a good listener. And so depending on the source and depending on the criticism, it can be important to either block it out or listen very carefully and apply what they're saying. Now, uh, Kirk, after accepting uh, the award, uh, the, the Athletes in Action Bart Starr Award, you, you shared the gospel at the award ceremony. How, how did you tie things together in a short amount of time? That's a great question. That was one I was asking myself was how do you talk about the most important uh, part of my life and the greatest story ever told in a very quick, quick amount of time. Um, for me, I just mentioned how the Bible is my playbook for life, the way that a playbook in football is your, is your lifeline on the field. And it's the Bible is my lifeline in life. And um, so I just went to the Bible to say, this is what the Bible says. And, whether it's, you know, Romans um, 10, 9 and 10, which says if you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Talked about the seriousness of sin and how Romans 6 says that the wages of sin is death, but that the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Talked about Hebrews 9:27, where it says that man is destined to die once and after that to face judgment and how the current death rate is 100%. We're all going to die, and we're all going to face judgment, as Hebrews 9 says. So just wanted to um, speak truth and clarity from the Bible and, um, and then invite people who haven't made that decision to, uh, to give their life to Jesus and to make Him the Lord of their life and to serve Him uh, and to enter into a relationship with Him. wanted to give them the opportunity to, to make that decision and so led, led them in that prayer. But um, certainly... For many people, there's an initial decision to walk with Jesus, but then there's a daily decision to walk with Jesus that we're all trying to make on a daily basis. Well, that that's absolutely beautiful, one of the most beautiful things I've ever heard you say. And, you know, uh, t- tell me if you think this is true, Kirk, because, I mean, obviously playing quarterback, you know, with, with 50, 60, 70,000 people in a stadium, uh, some loving you, some loathing you, whether it's at home or on the road or whatever, and, you know, there can be inherently, I would imagine, naturally nerves that go into that but when when you share the gospel of jesus christ and and want to be absolutely precise and accurate define those nerves if if there are any when when doing that well you're certainly dealing with a topic that is very serious and important to me and you don't want to miss a moment because i believe that um, eternity depends on it um so it is an important moment and one that any chance I, I get to share the gospel, I want to be prepared and and share it clearly and effectively and with grace and also truth. Um, so it's you know it's important whether it's in an event like that where it's formal and I have a microphone and there's hundreds of people in the audience, but it's also important if it's standing in the cold tub with a teammate and we're on that topic. Uh, so you want to be able to to share whenever. And um, and be prepared and and know your Bible so that you can you know recall it in those moments. And and the Bible teaches believers are to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. So how does one or or at least from your knowledge, 
How does one organically do that? And does it ever become frustrating waiting for those honors, given we are on God's schedule, not ours? Well, I think the, the honors will come and go, and we certainly don't do it for that. I think that you know, the Bible makes it very clear that we are striving for an eternal prize. And many times the eternal prize will be a greater reward for the sacrifices we make in this life, in the here and now. And so I constantly have to remind myself as I live my life that I'm really not here for me. I'm not here for that which this world has to offer. Uh, we're, we're destined for a different world. I was reading to my son last night an adapted version of Pilgrim's Progress, and you're reminded of that as you read Christian's journey through that allegory, that he is leaving the city of destruction, and he's headed to the eternal city uh, to be with the king. And that's really what our perspective needs to be as we go through this life. But I'm reminded of Matthew 28, the Great Commission, as Bill Bright once said, you know, Jesus' message at the end of Matthew 28 to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, um, and then to say that he will be with us always to the end of the age. As Bill Bright said, those are the most important words spoken at the most important time by the most important man who ever lived. And so we need to take those seriously and and truly go and make disciples. Um, and that's something that as Christians, it should be you know foremost in our in our uh, focus. Amen. Athletes in Action uh, has been doing high-end missionary work for many, many decades. Uh, when, when you have traveled to Israel or, say, other parts of the Middle East, what, what have you seen that resonates with you forever? A great question. I had a chance to go to Israel for two weeks when I graduated from high school back in the summer of 2007, and um, it was a study trip. We landed in Tel Aviv. We ended up covering most of the country going from Sea of Galilee in the north down through the uh, Jordan River, uh, down through uh, Jerusalem and Bethlehem, uh, down to the desert, um, to the Negev Desert, um, going to the Dead Sea, um, and then also out to uh, Caesarea and towards the Mediterranean and seeing the coast. And so was able to cover much of the land that the Bible stories, both Old Testament and New Testament, occur and um, it was very impactful on my life. Uh, I think that those two weeks had a bigger impact on my spiritual journey than probably any other single experience I've had. Um, I want to go back. I think my football schedule has made that difficult as of late, along with, with family. But um, the plan when I retire would be to go back to take my wife, to take my boys, to take more extended family. And um, I believe strongly in taking that trip to Israel or many times to other places like Egypt or Turkey, where other Bible stories have taken place, and, um, simply to walk in those in those steps, and I think again, big impact on people. Yeah, and 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 to amplify that, you know, I I, I do know how important that is to you. Uh, we we had a road game fellowship somewhere during the 2021 season, and and somebody you and your family know quite well, who I believe was with you or led one of those trips. I mean. You, you you looked at everybody, you know, in the congregation for that fellowship that Saturday night and really just implored us and them the importance of doing this and just how, you know, it, it, it's it, it's such a it's such a spiritually moving and heart changing experience that if you have the opportunity, take that opportunity. So that's a, that's deeply rooted with you, isn't it? 
It is. Um, and I don't view it as a duty, as something you must do as the chore. I view it as much the opposite, that I want to see people do it because of how it will bless them, the incredible memories they will have, and the difference it will make for them moving forward as they read their Bible and grow in their faith. So I think it's something that if you can find the time, the energy to do it, it's a very special experience. Uh, Kirk, are, <laughs> are there is there a Bible passage or are there Bible passages that define your approach to the football player you are or the football player you strive to be? I'd say there are several. Uh, because the Bible is a playbook for life, it applies to all of life. That includes my career. Um, but Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 is really the foundational verse for my life. Trust the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your understanding and all your ways. Acknowledge Him, and He will direct your steps. And God's used the football career that I've been on to make that verse really become a reality because he has directed my steps through my football journey. And at many times, you know, I wanted to trust in my perspective, but it wasn't my perspective that was best or was right. It was God's. And so I had to trust in him and let him lead. And then I think of Colossians 3.23, whatever you do, including playing quarterback, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for men. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. So I have to remember that as I go into work every day in a very public position, but I'm not doing it for outside praise or attention or um, for coaches' approval or teammates' approval. I'm working to serve the Lord. He's given me the gifts to play, and I want to put those gifts to use. So that's something I remind myself of on a daily basis because it's so easy to forget. And, and, Col- and Colossians, written by the Apostle Paul, chapter 3, uh, Kirk mentioned verse 23. Let, let's add 24. 23 and 24, Colossians 3, uh, NIV version. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. Since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward, it is the Lord Christ you are serving. And and that, so in so many ways, don't you think, you know, almost eliminates the, the works portion of the equation and really amplifies it's not what we do, it's what has been done, correct? Well said. I, I think that uh, the faith works uh, balance is an interesting balance uh, in the Christian walk because, you know, Galatians, I mean, multiple times Paul makes it very clear that, um, you know, we are saved um, by grace alone, um, and yet it's through faith, and it's, you know, the fruit should come from a realization of how we've been saved and the grace we've received, a natural response would simply be to live a life back in service. And so the fruit, though not out of duty or out of um, trying to earn anything, it, it really should be a natural outpouring from our lives because of how we've been saved. <clears throat> Beautiful. And uh, amen. Uh, and, and Kirk Cousins never has missed a regular season start due to injury, all 137 of them. And it, it, Kirk, it was even weird when you skipped uh, just a play last season at FedEx after the Duran Payne hit. How, how uh, with with the with the durability and and not missing a regular season start due to injury, how exactly has that happened to you during your career? Well, first of all, I think that uh, I'm one play away at any moment from that changing. So you never have really felt like, oh, I've got this figured out. I know how to stay healthy. I've got this, you know, routine that I do, and it works because you know that at any moment it's out of your control and anything could happen. But there are 
many, many people praying on a daily basis for protection over me as I play. And I have to believe that those prayers have made a meaningful difference over the years. Um, it's difficult otherwise to explain it because there aren't a lot of other reasons that would explain me uh, having that kind of help. Um, so I do think it's a testament to the power of prayer and the difference it's made. And, um, you know, if God, in his sovereignty, believes that an injury is, is the best thing for me, as it was when I was a junior in high school and he, I broke my ankle and at the time thought it was going to end my potential football career, and it was anything but. And God used that ankle injury to teach me a lot about him and his faithfulness and his goodness. God could allow an injury to happen up ahead that, that could do the same. But uh, to this point, we've asked for protection, prayed for protection, and God has been gracious to answer that prayer. So, so would Psalm 34, um, verses 7 and 8, the angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him, and he delivers them. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Is is that psalm say part of uh, of the army of of individuals praying for you? And and if so, what does that psalm mean to you? Yes, yeah, certainly. I think that that uh, that psalm certainly is a is a psalm that we have prayed uh, collectively uh, and asked to be true of uh, all of our lives as as we walk with the Lord. I think Psalm 91 is another psalm of protection that we have prayed. I think it's important to pray God's Word back to Him because it is His Word, and so uh, He's written it, He stands by it, and um, I think it's important to pray it back. So um, we do that, and um, and then we trust Him. And, and see with that psalm there, the angel of the Lord encamps. And it goes back to a conversation you and I had two or three months ago where it's it's all through the Old Testament, the angel of the Lord, and the New Testament, an angel of the Lord. And I find that to be quite powerful. Do you? Yes, we talked about how, you know, that little difference in language between the and an could take it from an angel to it being Jesus, to right. being, a, a you know, the Christ represented. And, and uh, there are several moments throughout... Um, the Old Testament, where it's believed, depending on who you talk to, from a theology standpoint, uh, Jesus is making an appearance, and um, there are several throughout the Old Testament, because, um, you know, Jesus, while he came in human form, he has existed, um, you know, he, he's, he's from the beginning to the end, he's existed, so um, through the Old Testament, there are some of those appearances, and I think, again, it's probably over my head a little bit from a theology point of study, but uh, it's fascinating stuff. And those are the kinds of things that you start to engage with when you go to Israel and really study it. It, it really makes the Bible come to life in ways you never knew were there. And and thus the mysterious, beautiful, sometimes frequently unexplainable uh, version or, or example from the Holy Bible, which uh, is just another reason that makes it so supernaturally beautiful. And, you know, you just you just touched on a situation where uh, when my church faith family had its Christmas party and you were gracious enough to join and speak to the uh, speak to the group, you, you kind of referenced that back to high school or maybe your days at Michigan State. But but I think it was junior high school off what you just said. What was that the moment or situation with your ankle? that spiritually connected you to football, like the, the defining moment for you tying football and faith? Certainly. I think that the Lord used that setback, and he will use adversity in all of our lives, which we don't want and don't pray for to have happened to us, but God still allows it and uses it to teach us more about him, 
to grow us in our faith muscle and to really be able, in the next challenge we face, to be able to draw from the previous challenge and see how God delivered us, provided for us, was faithful, was good, and it gives us a greater level of confidence and peace as we face the next challenge. And that broken ankle for me at the time, I remember thinking, I won't be able to get recruited and play major college football because of this ankle injury. And a year and a half later, I signed a scholarship to Michigan State, which looking back, you can say was my dream school. So somehow, some way, a broken ankle that I thought would prevent me from really playing college football at a high level didn't. And a year and a half later, I was able to sign to my dream school. That just taught me a lot about how God is bigger than a broken ankle. God is bigger than our circumstances. God will allow things to come into our lives only to show us who he is, how big he is, and that we need to trust him. And he's done that again and again through my football journey. But like you asked, that broken ankle was really one of the first moments where I could bring that to, bring it to life. Kirk, how important is prayer to you? And 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 you know, to the Christian, if you if you were sharing, you know, like roots to praying, uh, and and what the Bible teaches, of course, uh, and and the glorification of God, and 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 praying for God's will uh, to to aid or or guide with whatever. Uh, how important is prayer to the Christian? Well, I think it's a foundational discipline of the Christian life. Um, you know, it's something that we all could engage with more. We all need to be better at, but it's there for us. And um, I think an important part of prayer is not just talking to God, but listening to God. And that can be difficult uh, to sit in silence and listen, but I do think that God wants to communicate with us and have it not just be a one-way street from us to Him, but a two-way street. And so that's something that uh, I want to grow in, and I think we all can grow in. But I also think it's so important to discern the Father's will for our lives. Tom Lamphere, our team chaplain, has uh, mentioned that to me on many occasions, just the importance of wanting what God wants more than what we want. And really, like Jesus, when he was in the garden and was praying before being crucified, saying, you know, not what I want, Father, but what you want, um, we need to have that same prayer be true and that same heart posture be true of our lives as it was with Jesus. Uh, football to close, or as the uh, soon-to-be-retired and great Bob Hagan would say, time for two more! Um, do, do you feel there was a spirit of happiness and understanding and joy Etc. surrounding the 2022 Minnesota Vikings, like a different feel than you have experienced, say, in the facility, with teammates, in the locker room, coaches, and even on the field before games? Well, it was a great locker room. It was a great group. Um, I think winning 13 games always helps. Uh, in previous years, when we would win seven to nine games and kind of be in that 500 space, I still felt we had a great locker room, a great group, but your record sort of prevents that from coming to the surface and for people to really feel the great chemistry that you, that you have. But many times in those tougher moments is when you need it. But certainly when you win 13 games, when you win as many as we did in such dramatic fashion, um, it made for a special year and a year where there was a lot of belief. And when we were down and it was the second half, there was a belief that we could find a way that it was going to, you know, go our way, that, that something was going to turn. And I think playing with that belief all season and that togetherness 
uh, made for a special year and one that I'll remember for a really long time. The 2022 Minnesota Vikings offense mostly was high-end and, and consistent last season. Uh, but given the weapons established and with what's to potentially come this offseason, is it fair to expect markedly better in 2023 from the offense? And if so, Kirk, what what's your part with, with a, with a uh, now second-year coach making that happen? Well, I think high expectations are key to uh, production moving forward. So I think we need to expect great things. I think that, um, as you mentioned in the question, a second year with our head coach, with our coaching staff, with our system should only help. Uh, I would like to think that more time on task, more time in the system, more time as teammates together will help. Um, And yet we start back at zero and zero. And in April, every team is back at the starting line. There's no head starts for teams who had great years last year. Uh, You've got to start again fresh and there's going to be new faces and there's going to be familiar faces that are gone. And so there's so many decisions between now and April and July that get made that will dramatically change the course of 2023 for all teams. And so seeing where this goes from here will be very important. And uh, that's, again, on my prayer list, praying for wisdom for our decision makers within our organization to make great decisions such that our team will be the best it can possibly be. And, um, and so I'm kind of right there with everyone else, just kind of observing where we go. God bless you, my friend. And uh, for you and your family, enjoy your downtime. And thank you very much for the chat. Absolutely. Always great catching up. Look forward to seeing you when the season gets going again, PA, and uh, appreciate your walk and uh, and your encouragement for all these years. Kirk Cousins, ladies and gentlemen, quarterback for the Minnesota Vikings um, and um, bona fide, devoted uh, Christian who executes the, the platform, uses the platform that God has given him not only to share the gospel after winning the prestigious Bart Starr Award uh, at uh, at the awards banquet, but uh, he walks the walk on and or off the field, and Kirk Cousins is a very, very inspiring human being. Let, let's close with something I heard on YouTube from a pastor named S.M. Lockridge. He was discussing prayer, as we did with Kirk, and its significance. And this, this preacher, S.M. Lockridge, said, quote, You should pray when you are successful, lest you become selfish. You should pray when in sorrow, lest you become cynical. You should pray when you are in prosperity, lest you become proud. You should pray when you are in material poverty, lest you become spiritually poor. In sin, man declares his independence from God. In prayer, man declares his dependence on God. Now, prayer is perplexingly paradoxical. This is, you have to pray in order to pray. When the disciples saw how lacking they were in prayer, they prayed. Many think prayer is a monologue and that we do all the talking, almost like he doesn't know how to run his world, like we are trying to get him to change his mind. Prayer is not just a monologue where we do all the talking. It's a dialogue. Prayer is a great privilege of redeemed souls a weapon in the hour of conflict, a retreat in the season of exhaustion. 
glory in his grace and meditate on his might and mercy. Praise him before asking of his will. Spend time instead of counting our bruises and count our blessings. Instead, counting what we have lost, count what blessings we have. I used to whine and complain and murmur. When I found the Lord Jesus precious to my soul, I went from Complain Avenue to Thanksgiving Boulevard. That is S.M. Lockridge. We thank Kirk Cousins for joining Faith and Goal. Likewise, for the producer, Eric Nordquist, and I'm Paul Allen. Thank you very much for listening. God bless all of you, and have a wonderful day. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.